0: Well, good morning again to all of you joining us online. Uh, it's our privilege that you're spending Easter with us and welcome Quakertown. Uh, we're so happy that you're joining us. We miss you a ton. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Uh, and for all of you who are new here to Calvary Church, I'm Carlos. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary. Uh, and if you're new, you need to know something about me. I didn't grow up here. I grew up in New York City, and so when I got here, there were some things that you all did that was just a little strange to me, like eating dinner at a gas station. We don't have wawas in New York. Well, and then, you know what what was really strange to me? One of the things that was weird was I had never heard of a place where There would be a holiday. People would take off. In fact, schools would close because of the first day of hunting season. That was weird to me. I didn't understand it. That was awkward to me. I was like, what is happening? Where am I? What is going on here? But then I would talk to people, and I would hear the story. I would hear of the memories of how so-and-so would go every year with their father. And then before that, they went with their father and their grandfather. And I would hear the story. And as I heard the story, I began to understand and appreciate what was happening. Well, sometimes you need to hear a story in order to understand and appreciate something that's happening. And the truth of the matter is, it's if you're new to church, if this is something you're just kind of trying to figure out, Easter to you may have been like uh, Easter eggs, and that's awesome, and chocolate bunnies and baskets and Easter egg hunts, and those are all good. But when you get to church, you're like, this is a little bit different from what I'm used to. Because honestly, it is, it's different. Well, our desire today is for you to hear the story. And as you hear the story, we're hoping that you understand what's happening just a little bit better, and you appreciate Easter just a little bit more. So I invite you to just sit back for a little bit, get comfortable, and get ready to hear the story as we take a look at this video.
1: The Bible is not a series of disconnected events and stories. It's one story, the story that inspires all other stories. It's the true story that defines every one of us. This is that story. How did it all begin? Like all stories, this one begins in the beginning with the author, who is God. He spoke everything into being with a word Galaxies appeared with stars and planets. Earth was designed for life to flourish. Everything God made was gloriously good and breathtakingly perfect. The highlight of God's creation was the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. God entrusted everything he created to his beloved children, giving just one rule. They were not to eat fruit from a specific tree. They lived in loving obedience Worshipping God as their Heavenly Father and enjoying perfect harmony with creation, each other, and God. Considering our world today, it's obvious perfect peace didn't last. Turmoil, war, sickness, disunity. We each experience our share. So what went wrong? It started when a fallen angel named Satan grew jealous of God and determined to ruin the perfection of creation. Satan took the form of a serpent and enticed Adam and Eve to question God's goodness and rebel against his one rule. In disobedience, they ate the fruit and peace unraveled, ushering in sin and death, which still plagues us today. And because we are all like Adam and Eve, we all rebel against God which makes our hearts heavy with fear, guilt, and shame. Our bodies are weary with sickness, disease, and death. Even worse, sin has separated us from God, a miserable eternal separation called hell. The fallout of sin has been catastrophic. It's inescapable with no way to fix it. Is there any hope? God wasn't willing to leave us in this state of sin and separation, so he promised to provide the solution. Throughout the first half of the Bible, God continued to speak to humanity through the history of a nation called Israel. As God spoke, he continued to make his promise of redemption. And as humanity listened to his promise, they waited with great expectation for the day when that promise would be fulfilled. So what happened? The love that prompted God to create us also prompted him to send a savior who would set everything right again. Everything in the Bible points to this rescuer. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to earth as God the Son to fulfill the promise. Just like us, Jesus grew up and experienced life on earth. But unlike us, Jesus never sinned and always obeyed the Father. When Jesus was in his thirties, he began teaching all around Israel, pointing people to God's kingdom and performing many miracles. After a few years, he was wrongly accused and sent to an agonizing death on a cross. Jesus lovingly gave up his perfect life as a sacrifice to pay for the sins of mankind. He died a perfect death, taking our place, the innocent for the guilty but the grave couldn't hold Jesus. Three days later, God brought Jesus to life again. Jesus defeated sin by dying on the cross and defeated death by rising from the dead. He invites us through repentance and faith to make his story of rescue our story of redemption. When we do, everything changes. The moment you trust in Jesus, your relationship with God is restored because God's story never ends. You can make God's story the foundation of your life, even now, by admitting your need for God's rescue, asking forgiveness for your sin, trusting in Jesus Christ alone to rescue you, and following Jesus in faith from this moment on. Will you make this story your story?
0: Will you make God's story of redemption your story of rescue? Everyone has to answer that question at some point in their life, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it in a little bit. But this story, this true story, has something else that we need to learn about it. We need to know what kind of story it is. You see, this true story is a love story. Let me tell you how I got to that. In the book of John, chapter 3, it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The story is a love story. God loves. God loves you. It is a love story. But, but what kind of love story is it? What, what kind of love story are we talking about? Well, I'll tell you what we're not talking about. It's not one of those Hallmark Channel love stories that make me want to throw up in my mouth. No, it's not one of those. It's like a real love story, a rich love story, like, like Rocky, like Rocky. No, oh, no, let me tell you. My wife never saw Rocky when we got married. And I convinced her to watch Rocky by letting her know that it was a love story. And we had to watch Rocky 1 and 2 because it's really one movie. And so we get to Rocky 2 and she's looking at me in disbelief. And I'm like, no, just wait for it. Just wait for it. We get to the end and there it is. The love story. There's Rocky. He's been beaten. He's been battered. He's been bruised. But he wins and he's victorious. And what does he do at that point? He goes, yo, Adrian, I did it pay attention to her response. Adrian's response with tears in her eyes, all she can say over and over again is, I love you. I love you. The gospel is more like Rocky than it is a Hallmark Channel love story. There's very real blood, very real sweat, very real pain in the love story. And on the third day, after Jesus has been beaten, battered, and bruised, that stone rolls away and Jesus steps out and shouts to the ones that he loves, I did it. Those chains that have held you captive, I broke them. That death that you were sentenced to, I defeated it those sins that you were condemned because I paid the price, I did it. And all that Jesus desires to hear in response is for us to respond and say, I love you. I love you. But how do we do that? How do we respond in love? Well, John 3.16 says, for all who believe, how do we express that belief? How does that love start? Well, we've been in a series, if you've been here at Calvary Church, for the past few weeks studying a book of Matthew. And in the book of Matthew, when we first started studying it, we learned a word, and that word is repentance. And repentance is simply this. You're headed one direction, and you turn, and now you head the other. Repentance is heading one direction, and you turn, and you head the other. True belief leads to repentance. True belief has to lead to repentance. I was remembering the other day of a time when my family and I, we went back to New York City to go visit my mother-in-law. It was her birthday. And so what happened is we had this bright idea that we would leave after church. And so we get everyone into the car and we decided to drive to New York City to have lunch, sing her happy birthday, have a cake, and then put everyone back in and drive home because we had to work the next day. It was a brilliant idea. So we go, and we drive over there, and that's exactly what we did. And we get everyone in the car, and we're like, okay, we got this. We're going to get going, and we're going to be home on time. My wife is a little stressed out because she has to work the next day, and she's like, we need to get home on time. I want to make sure that I'm not late. I still got to get stuff done for tomorrow. We got this. We got this. We get on 78, and we're driving, and then we suddenly realize we hadn't calculated on something. We're driving around dinner time. And all of a sudden, you hear from the back these chirps. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. When are we going to eat? When are we going to eat? And so my wife looks at me and she goes, Why don't we do this? Why don't we just stop at a fast food place and we'll get something to eat? And I'm like, No, 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 no. No. Let's have a family moment. Let's stop at exit 15 and go to Cracker Barrel. Let's do this. And she's like, No, no, we don't have time for that. I'm like, We've got time. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to be singing songs. It's wonderful. Let's do this. Finally talked her into it. We go to Cracker Barrel. It was a wonderful time. Everyone had a great time. Everyone was thrilled with dad. Dad is wonderful. We get in the car. Everyone's satisfied. We put on some music. It's going to be great. We still have time to spare. We're going to get home. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. We drive out of the parking lot and we get onto 78 and we start driving. I'm feeling good at this point. But then a minute goes by and I start to realize, I'm like, something's wrong. Something's not right. And as we pass exit 33, I realize what's wrong. The numbers are supposed to be going down. (laughs) I had gotten onto 78 East instead of 78 West. And I had been driving a long time, and inside I begin to panic because I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't say anything because if I tell my wife, she's going to be upset. And so I begin to panic, I begin to panic. I'm like, I have to do something, but what do I do? And I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed, but finally I'm like, I have to get off at the exit. Because if I don't get off at the exit... I'm never going to get home. So what did I have to do? I got off at the exit, I changed directions, and I headed home. Some of us today need to get off at the exit, change directions, and head home. Some of us have been going our own way, doing our own thing, seeking our own stuff, but you're never going to get home that way. Some of us need to get off at the exit, change directions, and head home. And if you've never done that, it's as simple as talking to God. It's what we call prayer. And you can do that even today. Something as simple as, God, I'm tired of going my own way. Please forgive me. I choose Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can whisper that prayer now. It doesn't have to be those words. There's nothing magical about the words. What it has to be is an act of repentance. You go one way and now you're going the other. God, I'm tired of going my own way. Please forgive me. I choose Jesus as Lord and Savior. Get off at the exit, change directions, and head home. But some of us, maybe we've done that before, and maybe we are Christians, and I'm not talking about salvation anymore, but maybe some of us, maybe we are saved, we are Christians, but we're not following Jesus. Something else has gone in the way. Maybe it's that relationship you should not be in. Maybe it's that stuff you put in your body. Maybe it's that job that you are sacrificing all your integrity for to advance as much as you can. It's time to get off at the exit, change direction, and head back towards home. The greatest response that you could give Jesus in response to Easter today is that response of repentance. Get off the exit, change direction, head towards home. But just so you know, we're not done. You see, one of the things that we need to understand is that what we learn from Easter is that God loves. But what we also learn from Easter is this, God loves sends. God loves and God sends. As I said before, we've been studying the book of Matthew here at Calvary Church, and we're going to look at the story of Easter according to the book of Matthew. And what happens is, is that the beginning of the story starts with uh, two women. They come to the tomb and they find it empty. And an angel tells them to go and tell They come in contact with Jesus, and Jesus tells them to go and tell his disciples what happened. And then there's this interesting story about the chief religious leaders, the chief priests, and the guards who guarded the tomb, and they have this deal that happens. And from there, then it goes to a conversation that Jesus has with his disciples, with his followers and friends. And in that conversation, Jesus gives them a command. We call it at church the Great Commission. And so we want you to hear the story of Easter as told by Matthew today. But I think that it might be a good idea if you don't just hear me read it today. In fact, I would love you to hear the story of Matthew read by three other people today. Three people who are living on mission with Jesus. So today you're going to hear from Dave, who is involved at Freefall up in Quakertown, You're going to hear from Denise, who's involved in one of our regional partners down in Philadelphia. And you hear from Vincent, who is a missionary that we support over in Italy. Three people who are living on mission with Jesus. Three people who are living out the command of the Great Commission. Take a listen to the story of Easter as told by Matthew. Take a look at this video.
2: The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28.
3: The angel said to the women, Don't be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, He who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as He said. Come and see the place where He lay. Then go quickly and tell His disciples, He has risen from the dead, and He is going ahead of you into Galilee.
2: There you will see Him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, Some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything
3: that had happened. When the chief priest had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him while he was asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the
2: money and did as, as they were instructed. And this story, has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given
3: to me Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very
2: end of the age. Insegnando loro di osservare tutte quante le cose che vi ho comandate. Ed ecco, io sono con voi tutti i giorni, sino alla fine present. Amen.
0: One of the things that you need to know about us at Calvary Church is that we have a rich history of supporting missionaries. We love partnering with those who are living on mission with Jesus. And so we want to just make you aware, if you want to find out a little bit more about that, about what we're doing, we have a pro-missions meeting tomorrow night. It's going to be on Zoom. That way we can actually hear from some of our other missionaries. In fact, Vincent, who you just heard, will be in that meeting. You can check out our website, go to Global, and you can find out a little bit about that. But the reason that we have such a big heart for missionaries is this we believe that we need to obey the command of the Great Commission. We need to be a church of disciples who make disciples who make disciples. You see, you can't claim Jesus as Redeemer if you're not going to claim Him as ruler. You can't claim Jesus as Savior if you're not going to claim him as king. And the king has given us a command. It isn't optional. We are to go and make disciples. Let us not claim the benefits of Jesus without claiming his lordship. We are to be a church of disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And the reality is, that at times that will be difficult. At times that will be hard. At times it will actually possibly be painful. Let me explain a little bit of what I mean. You see, the book of Matthew, we hear the Easter story and it starts off with this this trip to the empty tomb. And the women are told twice to go and tell, go and tell. And then it goes forward, and Jesus has this conversation, this great commission with his disciples, and he says, go and make disciples. But sandwiched in between those two accounts is this very interesting little story, this very little interesting detail. There is this conversation that happens between the chief priests, the religious leaders of the day, and the guards who are guarding the tomb. A deal is made, money is passed, and a lie is created. And what happens is that there is opposition to the gospel from the very beginning. From day one, there has been efforts to stop the gospel from going forth because the good news of Jesus changes lives. And from day one, there is opposition. And so there will be times where it won't be easy to actually follow the command of Jesus. There will be times that it will be difficult. How do we persevere as a church? Well, Let's not forget the end of that passage of the Great Commission. Let's not forget the promise of Jesus. At the end, he says, and surely I will be with you all. Surely I will be with you always. You aren't just called to continue the mission of Jesus. You are called to continue the mission of Jesus with him. It is by his strength, it is by his power, that you can continue on and obey that command of making disciples. So we are to be a church of disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And here's how we're going to do it today. Here's how we're going to start it. Calvary Church, we're going to do exactly what the women were told to do when they went to the tomb. Twice they were told to go and tell. What we want to do as a church is we want to go and tell. T, talk about Jesus. Tell someone the story. You've got good news. Share that good news with others. The reality is is that the king is not dead, he is risen. And that changes everything. Talk about Jesus and we want to help you with that. We want to give you some resources with that. We've done classes in the past that we called Exploring Jesus. And in those classes we used videos that were created by an organization called Alpha. We've put those videos up on our website. They're there now. They're under the watch page. We would love it if you took a look at those videos with someone who doesn't know about Jesus, who needs to hear about him. Maybe you do that as a small group. Maybe your small group gets together, or maybe some of your friends get together. You watch these videos, invite other people into those times where you watch these videos. Talk about Jesus. E, engage like Jesus. You can't talk about Jesus with people if there's no one to talk to. Engage like Jesus. One of the beautiful things about Christmas, not Easter, one of the beautiful things about Christmas is that whole concept of Emmanuel, God with us. God came to us. God went to the people who so desperately needed him. And he asks us to do the same. Engage like Jesus. Go to the people who so desperately need to hear the gospel. Your words will be empty if they don't match your actions. So live like Jesus. Obey his commands. And speaking of commands, the final L is love like Jesus. Love like Jesus. Love with a self-sacrificing love. Love with a love that puts God and his kingdom first. Go and tell. Talk about Jesus. Engage like Jesus. Live like Jesus. Love like Jesus. Go and tell. Let's be a church of disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Go and tell that God loves and because of that, God saves. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the fact that You decided to step in and not leave us where we were. You decided to send your son. And Lord, if there's anyone who has heard the gospel today and is thinking about making that decision to follow you, we ask you that they would just latch on to your love. And tell you that they're tired of going their own way. They ask for forgiveness, and they choose Jesus as Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray that you would impact lives today. We thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.